We're going to take a look at this now. Last week, many of us hearing evidence at the Zondo Commission of Inquiry about former apartheid assassin Eugene de Kock and how he was receiving 200,000 rand a month from the government. Well, today, uh, to speak to somebody who is fighting for the compensation, uh, this is for victims of apartheid, is Dr. Marjorie Jobson. Uh, she's the National Director for the Kulumani Support Group. Uh, Dr. Jobson, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the line. Firstly, let's let me just ask about what your initial reaction was um, when you heard part of this evidence coming out of the Zondo Commission of, of Inquiry yesterday. Were you aware at all that something like this might be taking place? Um, Kathy, what we as Kulumani did know was that when these um, special units were dismantled, mm. like the flock class unit, C10 as it was, and then it became C1, all the people involved were given golden handshakes. They were given um, lifelong um, military pensions and lifelong medical aid. So from that moment, they have had all these benefits. Mm. It has been ongoing. So this this revelation at the Zonda Commission last week comes on top of the other benefits they have been getting. Um, one of the things that c- concerns us very deeply is we had a lot to do with Eugene de Kock when he was in jail. Mm. And he did make attempts to meet with victims that we brought to see him. But in the course of that, it became a problem that it, it seemed to be... Um, like a a paying off I will do so much because if it will give me parole and Mm. then he got parole Mm. Minister Masuta gave him parole Mm. we have never opposed parole because actually when you have committed multiple murders you are on parole for the rest of your life but special conditions were applied to him his parole conditions were never made public. Mm. His his whereabouts were 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 hidden, and then we hear that in addition to that, he was receiving a, a, a living allowance of over two hundred thousand rand a month. Now the irony is even worse because, in the process, Kulumani was approached to assist. Um, ex-wives of some of these people because mm. what what happened was de Cook reassembled the people he used to have working for him at at Flockplace. Mm. And so now you've reassembled this group. You, there's no disclosure of what they are doing except that we are receiving information that beyond this 200,000 a month living allowance and free accommodation, mm. there was also a delivery by the state security agency of black bags of thousands and thousands of rand cash. That's on top of Mm. everything else. So there is no transparency about any of this. We don't know what deals have been made with um, certain people in the former government. We don't know what deals were made with former President Zuma. This is part of the things that have never been come to light and that have kept the pain of victims sustained the pain because while well, they they engaged with the process because they believed it would mm. deliver at least mm. the truth as one form of justice, there is no truth. And there are all sorts of very strange things that I hope um, Deputy 
Deputy Chief Justice Zondo will finally be able to bring to light because these secrets cannot be hidden much longer. And this is one of them. We also know that somebody like Voter Basson, from the very beginning, he was being paid off so that he never would let his secrets uh, out to other foreign governments, you know. So it's a practice that has been there, but what is our post-party government doing paying these kinds of people? So what are the... What sort of um, engagement is it? What, mm. Is there is, is there a, a, an agreement not to disclose the truth? It's very serious. That's why it's taken us so long to start getting the prosecutions um, mm. on the agenda mm. and those things. I mean, it has taken years and years and years, mm. and because there is this silent movement to prevent the truth being exposed. Dr. Jobson, I I want to ask you, you know, last week when uh, this first came out, some of our listeners were were weighing in and just giving their opinion. And, you know, some said, well, what if, you know, Eugene de Kock is is receiving this benefit because he's providing information to the state uh, that is crucial, you know, and that will benefit the state. Do you think that's likely? So, Cathy, what I knew is that we were told that he was going to be released so that he could take the missing persons task team to the sites of unmarked graves where mm. their victims were were buried, mm. the victims who were not burned, you know, so that there were no remains to be found. And um, and I am aware, as, as far as I know, he only ever led them to one case. So that isn't a valid reason for him to be to get parole mm. on the condition that he works with the missing persons task team. I mean, basically, what we see is that he provided some information to victims while he was in jail. He then said he would continue doing that, but he has never kept that promise afterwards. So one of the most painful stories is the story of the Molapo family from Kwatema, and the son um, was haunted by messages from his father who was assassinated by um, de Cook's people when de Cook was a station commander mm. in the Springs police station. And um, um, Mr. Roland Molapo was then buried by de Cook and his people secretly in the dead of night in an unmarked grave in Katlehong Cemetery. And the, mm. one of, one of this, the brothers was actually serving in the police station where where Eugene de Kock was the station commander. So he knew where the grave was and he took his family members in the dead of night to go and dig up that grave Mm -hmm. and and dig up the coffin. But the the thing that shocked everybody was that the coffin was riddled with bullets, bullet holes. So what they they asked was that when they they want to rebury the body of their father Mm. and but they wanted buried in a decent coffin. And mm. they asked me to ask the cook to buy them a decent coffin. And he wouldn't even do that despite his hefty monthly payments that he receives. So it's a very, very terrible story of um, mm. the closing of ranks, the reconstitution of some of these um, ex-death squads. Um, we don't know. There's no accountability of what they are up mm. to. We have no idea what the black rubbish bag payments up made were made for. So 
also, Dr. Jobson, just to take you a bit back there, you know, just for the for the family of of this uh, of 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 this this man to to be able to go to Eugene Eugene de Kock and ask for money for this coffin, that must have taken a lot. Well, the thing was that um, they asked me to engage him, and I did engage him while he was still in jail. While mm. he was in jail, he was open to considering requests. Um, once he came out of jail, that door closed very, very firmly, and he decided he is going to lead a different life. And I don't think, I, I think the act was so unspeakable. I know that um, Pumla Gabordo Madikizela believed that she had been able to touch his humanity again because he had lost his humanity mm. and that he could be welcomed back to the family of a moral humanity. But there's no evidence that he has actually made that choice. Um, I, I think he sees himself as a victim because mm. he was doing the, the bidding of political leaders who've never been called to account. But he's been out for six years now and imagine the relief that he could have given to so many families and he mm. has refused to do that. What has been the response of some of these families that you're talking about, Dr. Jobson, when they heard the news of, of, of what has been happening? You see, it's, it's absolute shock because who gets 200,000 rand a month for a living allowance when people get 350 rand a month because most of Kulamani's members are unemployed and they have to queue every month and we don't know if this month's payment was the last payment that there will be. I mean, that's the, mm. that is what is so incredible is how does government find the money to pay off somebody? There's some underlying reason why they keep paying him off. Are they buying his silence? What is an afoot? And I mean, I was very grateful that some of this information came out last week at the Zonda Commission, mm. but it needs a far, far deeper investigation. And, and the, the thing is that we've seen, you know, with what has happened with Trump in, in the United States, um, these forces, who, which are basically white nationalist supremacist forces, they reconstitute themselves unless there is a shift. Mm. And, and these people largely have not shifted. I mean, de Kock reconstituted his networks mm. once he was out. So I think there, I, I, I really think there's a huge amount of work that needs to be done on uncovering what is behind this protection and paying off somebody like Eugene de Kock. What are the secrets that the politicians do not want him to reveal? Mm. Dr. Marjorie Jobson is the National Director for the Kulumani Support Group. We'll continue our conversation with her after this. We'll also take a couple of calls. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Durban. 
You're live on The Talking Point. We continue our conversation with Dr. Marjorie Jobson. She is the National Director for the Kulumani Support Group. We're reflecting then on the news coming out of the State Capture Commission of Inquiry last week around the State Security Agency and its contribution in terms of the upkeep of Eugene de Kock, who is a known apartheid assassin, and um, you know what some of the reasons behind that may be. Uh, Dr. Jobson is still on the line. I'm taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Let me go to Mlu in Durban. Mlu, good morning. Hi, Kate, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, Kate, last week I phoned around this issue. Yes. And it, uh, it, 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 I, I, it breaks my heart that the likes of the prime evil of the cook is being paid by our taxpayers' money. The unfortunate part, Kate, is that what has happened, it has uh, revealed how the ANC has uh, technically sold us out as black people. Mm. Because they, we were there, Kathy, being harassed by the very same white people, especially the Kitikok, you know. But now for them, they are dead silent on this particular matter, you know, to come out and say, yes, a particular decision was taken because much as they won't want to reveal, but it was for the benefit of the country, if it mm. was, you know. But currently they are dead silent. The likes of Jesus to Tuati, they are busy defending themselves around these fictional things that are happening. And even right to the, uh, to, to the point of the president, everybody doesn't want to take stock of what has happened, you know, to take the country into confidence, to say, this is what has happened, mm. and most definitely, as politicians, we did it for the benefit of the country. What about the families of these people? What about the entire family? The children that watched their mother being hacked, by these very same uh, people. And then the following day, Katie, these politicians will stand in the podium when it's time to celebrate Mkwanga's life. Mm. It's a devastating state of affairs, and I imagine a slap in the face it's for bad. those families, hey, Mlu? No, it's, it's bad. It's mm. bad. What about the Kalatas? Who knows that their, 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 their fathers, Katie, were, 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 were murdered and being burned? Mm. What, what, is this guy, what are these guys are saying about those few families? What is it they were defending? Are they defending that some of them were, 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 were sell out uh, in, in Zambia, in Tanzania? So they had, they had to keep these guys quiet because they had to pay them money. We know what is happening. All right. Mlu, thank you for that call. Mlu calling us from out in Durban. Voiswa in Parktown North. Hello, Voiswa. Hi, Kathy. I'm all right. Lenele guy. Dr. Machiri, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for your show. You know, this is the one painful moment in my life, you know. uh, As a child and a child of victims of apartheid that I don't even know where my mother is since she was abducted and growing up in exile. When Kodesa said we're still growing up in exile and and at school, only to come back home and be exposed to this kind of situation that those who persecuted and killed our parents, brothers and sisters, cousins and the entire South African nation, uh, they come out and have such a luxury life at the expense of our, our, our people that died such miserable deaths, being mm. killed like dogs. Even a dog, you, you can't do that to a dog. But I think, Kevin, yeah, our, the current president must come and, and, and explain to the people because he mm-hmm. was the main negotiator at Cordesa. These are the you know, sunset clothes that have no sunrise clothes of the Cordesa business. 
that they got themselves into, you know, uh, compromising with our lives. Right now, commanders are dying under the bridges. Comrades are dying. Their children are going hungry. Mm. Uh, Department of Military Veterans, you are told that uh, there's a 5,000 backlog always. There's nothing that people are benefiting. They don't have food. They don't have houses to stay. But all those apparatus agents and those who actually conducted these evil mm-hmm. atrocities, they, they stay in houses called state houses. I think, Kathy, you must run a, 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 an investigation on the state houses. houses. They are called power houses or A-list houses. It's either they occupied those, by those apparatus uh, people under public works or in Gauteng under Department of Infrastructure and Development, which I served at one time. I know about that those houses, they are occupied by these kind of people. Mm-hmm. So you need to follow it up, you know, and uh, also President Cyril must come. Into okay. The, into, yeah. All right. Please. All right, Voiswa. Thanks for that call. Colin in Cape Town. Hi, Colin. Hi. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to Doc. Mm. Daddy, I would love you, your presenter, your, yeah, your presenter. On the 27th of this month was mm-hmm. last week, Wednesday. I tried to get through, but of course, it's the first time I'm getting through now for the, since last year onto your program. No, Colin, I spoke to no, you on, earlier on, on, on in the month, man. Hang on. Go hang for on. it. Yes. yes uh, I'm talking about after 10. After 10. Okay. But, <laughs> All right, I'm Colin. I never get onto your program before 10. I've been trying since last year. Anyway, Kathy, listen to that uh, voice uh, mail on uh, the 27th at 22, 23 minutes past 11. Um, you know something? Um, there is a lot of covering up in this country, mm. the ANC also. Mm. You know, I read an article years ago in the Sun and Times. Mm. People are still waiting what happened to their, ch- their loved ones mm. in the ancient camps in Lusaka and Tanzania mm. and all those. They mm. went there, they never came home, and they weren't killed in war. Now, somebody knows something, and the ANC are involved. They know a lot, and of course the, uh, the opposition, the apartheid government, know a lot about them. There's a lot of atrocities and things like that at the ANC. Mm. Now, Chris Hani's murder also. There is more to what we just think about those two guys sitting in prison. Mm. If they delve into that, they'll be shocked. So I'm telling you, from Mandela's time, Tabulmbeki and Zuma, they actually they squashed the NPA from even investigating those atrocities. Yeah. Because both sides are involved and both sides know about each other. Thanks very much, All Kathy. Right, I'll listen on the radio. Sure, thanks. Thanks for calling now, in. Now, listen to that voicemail, please. I, you know, Colin, it's going to be so hard for me to find it because we have so many messages that come in on the WhatsApp voice note. But uh, I'll ask the team to search for the 27th and we'll see what we can come up with. It it will require a lot of digging, though. Uh, Colin calling us from out in Cape Town. Uh, Dr. Jobson, maybe just your own reflections on, on the contributions of our callers. Okay. Um and I'm very grateful for the coolest voices, uh, views, and perspectives. And I, I think where we are in the country, mm-hmm. um, we are very much at a turning point. I think what the pandemic has shown us is that it's the greatest equalizer. Anybody of any economic bracket is affected. We are all losing people. 
in very difficult situations. And I think people will begin to grasp the kind of grief you have when you cannot even physically um, bury your own loved ones. You, know, mm. you have to have funerals that are on uh, on Zoom, you know, virtual funerals. So I think there should be a great reckoning with people to understand that no life is more precious than another life. Mm. And these people who have hidden their secrets and who have withheld what they know and have refused to give assistance when they've had six years to reach out to the people who opened their hearts to them and, and were willing to actually en- envisage a country in which all these people could live side by side mm. towards a greater equity in the country. Um, we still need to achieve that and we still need to clean the records. These things are not going away. I am very worried about how some of the some of um, the associates of these people are involved in multiple forms of criminality mm. using the skills they got when they were members of CCB or the death squads. They are still active today, and that's what's so shocking, because we never, ever properly de- dismantled those networks. We haven't dealt with the CCB up till now, um, and, and mm. that's what we're living with, and they are continuing to to commit atrocities today. So we have a lot to do. Um, And I I just think people deserve the truth. Mm. People also deserve reparations that were promised. I'm very grateful that President Ramaphosa twice towards the end of last year said reparations has become a very urgent issue. I am very grateful that there is a, a process of a new policy being put together for the repatriation of the bodies of people who died in exile, who were in the liberation struggle. Mm. I'm very grateful that there's a tender being put out to finally build um, what is called the resistance and liberation movement, because basically the only justice Kulumani could offer people was, well, engagements with healing processes, attempts to help people get established with economic enterprises. But what we could do and what we have is a database of people's stories, 130,000 stories. And for people, that represents a little form of justice. Mm. Actually, my story is documented somewhere. Mm. But now that story needs to be put into that upcoming museum. Dr. Um, Jobson? Unfortunately, we have run out of time for this interview. It's 11 o'clock. I have to go to news, uh, the latest news update. But thank you so much for coming on to the show and for having this conversation with us. Undoubtedly, this is not the last that we've heard of this particular matter. It's 11 o'clock. Nandi Kabiokas is standing by.